Welcome to The Wrong Side of the Maelstrom, a Warhammer 40,000 podcast based in southern Ontario. My name's Ian, and my co-host Jason's Devilfish just landed, so he'll be joining me shortly. This is episode 8, and tonight we're doing a special focus on the state of the game. This uh, may or may not become a regular segment where we talk about what's been going on in Warhammer 40,000 and where we're at with different codexes and rules and new releases and stuff. Uh, but before we get to that, we start off with hobby progress, some games played. We have a segment on the psychic phase in rules lawyering. And uh, also uh, we talk about Beyond the Rim, where Jason discusses his uh, newfound love for Age of Sigmar. Be sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash maelstrom. That's all one word. We're also on iToysoldiers at itoysoldiers.com slash wrong-side-maelstrom. If you wish to contact us via email, we can be reached at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. And finally, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, and uh, go ahead and give us a five-star rating, because uh, we deserve it. Also, uh, Brimstone Games in Windsor has started up a miniatures night on Tuesdays, start going from about 5 p.m. to 10. Uh, be sure to check that out. It's a Warhammer, 40,000, uh, X-Wing, and Star Wars Armada. I guess Warhammer Fantasy Battles as well, if someone's there. Uh, lot, the last time we were there, it was great. We just did some painting and hung out and uh, got a quick game in. So please come check that out. And I uh, hope you enjoyed tonight's episode, and we'll see you on the wrong side of the map. You are now entering the wrong side of the maelstrom with your hosts Ian Clough and Jason McKendry. Alright. Hobby progress. Mm-hmm. So, I'll start first. Yeah, man, go for it. Alright, so, it's been about two weeks since the tournament, mm-hmm. uh, and that week I got a shit ton A done. lot done, yeah. You yeah. started doing, like, a lot of pacing on your bike, because it was, like, three color minimum for the tournament. Yeah, but that included a black primer. Yeah. But I think I had three color minimum on top of the primer mm-hmm. for at least most of my stuff. But yeah, the I've continued working on the bikes, they're really starting to come along. I got all the, uh, like, bone parchment done. I still, so, I think I finally realized today why I like the, your color scheme for your Blood Angels. Okay. It's because it's not like a red and a white. It's, it's a red and a bone. Yeah. So all the parts where you would normally have like this, the whites on it, mm-hmm. it's like, it's different. It's different than what you normally see. Yeah. And it makes it stand out. Yeah. And it's also like, I, th- there's a lot of little details in white. Like the helmets are white, where the bot, like the rest of the armor army's red, but then mm-hmm. the elbow pads and the, um, I'm holding my wrist, wrist like bands the wrist are white, band, yeah. Yeah, 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 and like the knee pads and stuff. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a lot of bone on the model, and like a lot of details are highlighted in that, like the trim on the shoulder pads and stuff, mm-hmm. and any little bits on the chest or shoulder pads are done in bone. So yeah, so I got the layer done. The red and bone layer done on all my bikes, which is like the big, the big main colors on them. So I got to go back and highlight the metal and uh, you know do some details. I got like the black Raven Wing wings. These are the Dark Vengeance bikes. Mm-hmm. So you know how um on my Sanguinary Guard wings the like feathers are like have gray.
gray highlights yeah, yeah. near the end. I'm going to do the same thing on these. Sweet, man. Yeah, no, you got to highlight the, the wings there. Yeah, the black. To make them pop more, yeah. Yeah, i got to go back and paint over them because some of the red got on the feathers. So. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, and the other thing, I've based my Sanguinary Priest. No, Sanguinary Priest. Li Terminator Librarian. The Terminator Librarian that you picked up, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, that's a really cool model, man. And the thing I love about, um, like, the Librarian mm -hmm. is the fact that your whole army is red. Yeah. And the librarian is blue. Yeah, I it's mean, the same thing with the jump back librarian that you did before, yeah. which I think we put photos on Facebook of. Yeah, um, but it just pops so much compared to the rest of the army. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like having different things that pop, like Sangren Guard or something with their like gold armor librarians. I do traditional blue, although this one and the Dark Vengeance librarian have both have a lot of robes, so that ties it in. I do some red uh, picks here and there, mm -hmm. so he's coming along nicely. Uh, I've been experimenting with uh, like darker skin tones, like African skin tones, because I don't want like my army to be just white guys. So the sergeant on my bike sergeant, my bike sergeant, he's black, and I, I think he's turning out well. The color mm -hmm. seems to work, but I realized I might use the wrong base, so I don't know if I'm going to go back over it or just wash it again. Mm -hmm. So and I made the librarian black as well. It's an interesting change from like what you normally paint as well, right? Yeah, I've never painted like black skin before, so mm -hmm. this is uh, this is new to me. So I, I'm sure someone will say, like, oh, but they're jeans that you'd sang when this was white, and they should all be white. I'm like, fuck it. I, <laughs> yeah. I want a little diversity in my yeah. army. So, um, yeah, that's it for Hobby Progress. I haven't really done that much, just a little bit on the bikes and a little bit on the librarian. Right on, man. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jay. What do you got for us? Cool. Well, I haven't been doing too much painting. I really tired myself out with, like, how much I had been painting my Grey Knights. Yeah. All the detail I had been putting into them. So yeah. I took a little bit of, of a break from painting. But uh, we've been doing an Age of Sigmar campaign at my local store. Mm -hmm. So um, so you started a Nurgle Demons 40k army? Yeah, <laughs> more or less. Well, like I had a lot of skating stuff left over from when I used to play. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know what edition of Fantasy that was. That was like way back in the day. Oh, God, I know. Yeah. But um, it was third edition, forty k, so whatever it was. Yeah. So when the campaign started up, I was like, "Well, what the hell, man? I got all this skaven stuff. I might as well mm -hmm. join in." And um, so you had to. There was a buy-in for the tournament for the campaign. Um, oh, there was. Well, obviously the store's got to make some type of profit off of the yeah, campaign, right? Um, so you either had to buy your warlord, buy a like a bastion, some type of scenery, mm -hmm. or buy like some type of reinforcement. So I ended up. I needed a model that was actually like like a monster, something that was actually really. Like decent in like the game. Like a nice centerpiece. Yeah. So I bought a Hellpit Abomination. Yeah. Oh, and did dude, you? this model is beautiful. I've just built it. I haven't painted it or anything like that. Yeah. I really want... I'm going to try now to like... I want to start working on all my monstrous creatures. I mm -hmm. want to paint my Riptide, paint my other Ghost Keel, paint uh, the Hellpit. Yeah. Like really take my time. That's the only thing I'm working on while I do it. Mm -hmm. And they'll each take me probably like two weeks to paint each or something yeah. like that, right? Um, so we know this is a Age of Sigmar on a 40k podcast, but the bases are round now, so, you know. <laughs> More or less. This one isn't round, but you could put it on a big Riptide base. You put it on the surfboard if you wanted yeah, to. I'm sure you could find a nice third-party base for the right size at, like, Maple Mart or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. be too hard. But, yeah, man, this model has so much detail to it, so much flow. It has, like, all these rat heads coming out of it because it's, like, the help and abomination, right? And the uh, the really the thing I like most about it mm -hmm. is if you look like underneath it, it has like kind of because it's got like this long snake like torso with like six legs kind of yeah. But, like the, the back end of it, kind of like around its ass. Oh my god! It's all like hollowed out, 
and it has like this wheel underneath that is yeah. put in there. So it's almost like just it's very skeletal as well. Yeah, I've never seen this model up close, and it's very different. I thought it was just like a big rat with extra arms, mm -hmm. but you're right, it's got like a long. It's like a real monstrosity. Now the only thing long body, I, yeah. I, most of the armies that I play don't have like these spikes and everything. Like it's not, mm -hmm. I don't play Dark Eldar or, or anything like that. I'm so afraid this model is going to snap when I during transportation, like even in foam. That, uh, that tail worries me so much on it. That's a pretty solid tail. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Even these spikes going along its spine, like those, don't be fine. Mm -hmm. today, I think. Um, so yeah, I bought that, and then. Um, so can I just make one more comment yeah. about this? You know what this reminds me of is like, you know, in a science fiction movie or TV show, when you've got like this giant sort of insect or centipede thing mm -hmm. rearing its head. The body, because it's so long. It, like, snakes around. And yeah, and, and that's what it reminds me of. It. It's got this, like, even though it's a rat and, like, a mammal, it's got this, like, really insect feel to it somehow. Mm -hmm. Or maybe not insect, but, like, bug feel. Yeah, maybe I'll put a photo of it before I've started painting it online. We'll do a progression yeah. of it. Just do a nice uh, profile shot along the side mm -hmm. to get that S shape. So, um, my army, I'll talk about more in Beyond the Rim. My army has a mm -hmm. bit of a theme, like a storyline going on during the campaign yeah. where it's a vermintide... Skaven army turning into a pestilence army with a bit of neural demons brought in there, mm -hmm. and I ended up buying the um, the beginners box. I think they're calling or the starter sets. Kind Start of. a new army. Start a new army boxes that Games yeah. Workshop brought out for the neural demons, mm -hmm. and it came with a uh, herald of Nurgle, a unit of three Nurglings, a unit of three plague drones, and then a unit of plague bearers. Yeah, dude, that is a sick deal. Yeah, I no. think it came to it was a hundred dollars plus tax, so it came to like one twenty or something like that, mm -hmm. right? One fifteen, somewhere one thirteen, yeah. And the plague drones alone for the three models are seventy dollars. Yeah, right. So crazy amount of savings. The models are all like they look so beautiful. Mm -hmm. These nerdlings are awesome, man. Like they're three pieces that all fit together, and yeah. it ends up being like twenty nerdlings, like all on top of each other, piling over. Mm -hmm. The uh, I was showing you the Herald of Nurgle the other day. Yeah, he's he's really, really cool. cool. It's like guts all ripped open, guts are like falling out to the floor. He's got a bandage over his face, so he's like blind, which is a really cool like trope or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I've started building. The, so I've only built the Herald and the Nurglings. I haven't built the. I've started building the Plague Drones. Man, that's a frustrating model to build. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> said if we get time tonight, you're going to put me to work on the Nurgle. Yeah, so. well, I want to have it ready for next week for the for the campaign. Yeah. Um, but because, like, my army is turning from, like, Vermintide to to Pestilence, I also bought a Plague Priest the other day, and yep. it just came in today. Um, or it came in earlier this week. I picked it up today. It's fine cast. Um, it, very cool-looking model. Like I said, mm. all the new models that they bring out, I just think are, they've put so much more work into them, so much more effort. Well, that's a very old model. Is it? Oh, yeah. No, it's the old, like, Plague Priest mm. scroll. I mean, not that it's bad. Like, some of GW stuff was really ahead of the time, but, mm. yeah, no, this guy's been around ages. And, like, one he's of... He's on a round base now. Yeah, he, yes, he's <laughs> on a round base now. He's now made of resin. Yeah. Um, one of the things you can... That hints at whether or not it's an older model. It's, like, you see how it's got a very static pose? Like, yeah. his feet are just planted. Yeah. And the other thing, too, it's very um, thin, so it's like the arms the are all... The profile side. Yeah, the profile. Yeah. It's got a very thin profile. So it's not like, you know, put uh, like pointing forward mm -hmm. or like running or something. Yeah. So that's um, but I mean, something... I was cleaning but... it off today. I'm getting real tired of cleaning off resin models, man. Yeah? Like, 
I bought the Castellan Chrome model. I don't know. That was probably about a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And, dude, I honestly cleaned this resin model. It looks good. It's not a bad mold or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, all the pieces, I guess, from the mold itself. Yeah. It took me, honestly, like, over an hour. Yeah. To clean it all off. Which I'm knowing, okay, you spend money on it. At least you're getting time out of it, right? <laughs> but, yeah. damn, man, that's a lot of work. There. Just clean a model. I haven't even, like... Started building it yet? I've just cleaned it all off, right? Yeah, that chaplain's gonna. I, I bought a Terminator chaplain today, so that's yeah. gonna take a while too. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the last thing I want to talk about was the for this week because there's hobby progress goals every week in the campaign. Which that's I really like. Yeah, that's and awesome. You get mission like uh, campaign points or victory points that you can mm -hmm. spend throughout the campaign by completing the hobby progress goals. So like the first week was. Um, like treasure tokens. So if you're playing a game where you're trying to collect treasure, you have to have the tokens to be able okay. to put on the table, right? Yeah. So it was like complete those for however many victory points. And then this week was paint your warlord. So the escape from warlord that I use, I believe it was a games day model back in the day. Yeah. And it was like chaos lord. That was a long time ago. Yeah. And um it was like fifteen years ago. Or yeah, so. he's just like this big chaos lord. He's holding like this this uh, chaos axe it has like a dragon head kind of and then he's holding mm -hmm. this elf up in his other hand and uh, I ended up not putting the head that was supposed to go on there and yeah. I put a skaven head on mm -hmm. so it really feels like it's just like this massive skaven yeah. that would have like bullied his way to warlord status mm -hmm. right and uh, so I started painting that guy up um, you know, I haven't, I haven't finished them but at the same time I'm not working I'm not going to go like super detailed into the skaven I'm not going to spend like a whole lot of time painting just them. base wash, dry brush. Yeah, I mean, I've been dry brushing, but I really like the dry brushing on the greens. Like, yeah, that looks get really that good. Gurgle effect. And then I picked up, um, what's it called? I got it right here. I picked up, that's not it. <laughs> uh, I think it's Nurgle Rod, I think it's called. Nurgle's Rod, yeah. Yeah, I picked up that, so I'm going to try doing that. And I used the... Um, typhus Corrosion. Typhus Corrosion on some of his metal today as well, this morning. Yeah, that looks really cool. Up. Very subtle, but good. Yeah, and I wasn't sure, because he's holding like an elf in his hand, in his, like he's lifting him off the ground. Yeah. And I'm using that, because the model itself is supposed to have a shield. Yeah. Um, but this model doesn't have a shield, so instead of like taking a shield and like gluing it to him somewhere, I'm just saying that the elf himself is the shield that he uses. So, so tell me about how he's holding the elf. Yeah, so I wasn't sure, looking at the model, I didn't know if he was like grabbing him by his shirt and lifting him up. Or, and this is how I'm painting him, if he's, like, rammed his hand into him and, like, under his rib cage and is, like, goring him and lifting him oh, up off God. the ground. So that's how I'm doing it, obviously, because yeah. he's a chaos guy, right? So I'm going to have, like, blood running down the chest oh, and everything. <laughs> I say I'm not going to do a lot of detail. It's going to end up being a lot of detail. What's your warlord? If any model's going to be at that and maybe your help it. Yeah. So, but um, I think that's pretty much all I've been doing. I have like so much hobby progress that I have to work on. I got to build broadsides and all that stuff. So, too, just a question: You got your crew out up there on the shelf for those? Have you been working on those at all, or no? No, I just don't use them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, as like storage, I just kind of put everything up top there. I yeah. see. Okay. Same with my hammerhead. Like I never use a hammerhead when I play my town anymore. Yeah. So I just kind of taken it out of the box and put it up there. Which is such a shame because I love that model. No, I love that model too. I just like right now with that new top. Codex, there's just, I don't know, for yeah. the points that a hammerhead is, I'd just rather take another ghost kill if I could. Yeah. More mobile, you know. More than one shot, more, more special one. rules. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, a, a single shot strength 10 is great. Especially if it's at Blissco 5. Yeah. Well, Blissco 5 if you're taking long strike. Which, yeah, I, you might as well, I feel like. Yeah. But then again, there was that one game where you, with long strike, you missed three turns in a row. Yeah, I'm not so. a fan of like single shot weapons like that. I'd rather take a strength seven AP four, 
six shots with. What What about using sub munitions? Like just primarily with that thing. Well, you do, but I mean, unless you're playing against an army with, like, how many? What's the main army that you always go space marines? Space power armor. Right? I'm so. not taking a strength five large blast AP five weapon. Yeah. For a hundred and I think it ends up being like hundred and forty points if you don't take long strike. Yeah. With okay, a that's... few with a few of the basic upgrades that you're gonna have. Yeah, that's right. I'm not taking that against. Where it's like okay, for example, if you're taking a whirlwind, which has a similar weapon, yeah, that's like under a hundred points, mm-hmm. right? That's reasonable. The tau tanks in general are kind of pricey, but at the same time, they have great armor and they are yeah. steamers, right? Have you thought about running it as um, the I, transport? I do run it as a devilfish. Okay. That's mainly what I use it now as is a devilfish. Yeah, and actually, as a good tip, if you take the, um, I think it's the recon drone that comes in the Pathfinder kit. Mm-hmm. It has like a very like anyone that knows Tau, which if you listen to this podcast you probably do uh the drone heads are tend to be pretty small mm-hmm. the recon drone head is like pretty big yeah kind of has that like silver dollar size, size yeah to it. yeah and if you just don't make that drone and keep it you can take off the kind of the, the turret turret of mm-hmm. the hammerhead and that drone head fits on there perfectly oh so and that it makes for a really cool devil fish look yeah so that doesn't come with like a devil fish top like, no, no, no. Oh, it's a okay. completely different kit. Now, because at the same time, if you look at that main um, in the front there where it's supposed to be a marker light, if you use it as a sky ray, yeah. that's supposed to be a burst cannon if you oh, use it okay. as, a, as a devil fish. Yeah. Right? So, you know, you're not WYSIWYG if you're using it as a devil fish, obviously. But you can always, like, put a little magnet up there. Yeah, the there's no reason cannon. why you couldn't do that, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Maybe one. Or even WYSIWYG. if you took a burst cannon and glued it onto that. Um, Onto that front. drone head. That way, when you use it, oh well, there's this like burst a little turret. Yeah, there's, no, there's nothing saying it has to be a front-mounted burst cannon. Right? Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing. You mm-hmm. got any hobby goals though? Until we've recorded. Oh time? god. Um, Let's try and keep it small. <laughs> well, I got three bikes in front of me, so I'll finish those guys. Not not the whole squad, just the three. That just the three. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been working on the bikes. I want to get them done. Uh, get the Terminator Chaplin um, built and primed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the other thing I did. I primed a bunch of stuff. Uh, and most important, uh, and stripped a bunch of stuff. Most mm-hmm. importantly, my scouts are now primed. So, you know, one thing I would love to do, but I always put it off because there's so many bloody space rains, dark Eldar paint, is build some terrain. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do that because I have those terrain kits I bought from Meeple Mart and yeah, never dude, did you anything. Haven't, you haven't built them yet. No. And that's some beautiful terrain, all that. Okay, uh, maybe, maybe... How about third-party infinity stuff? Okay, yeah. that's my... Ter- my goal is to build at least one building. Right on. And one off-building terrain piece. So, yeah. like, a barrel or a billboard. Mm-hmm. Sweet, man. I like it. What about you? I'm going to finish the box of Nurgle stuff. So i got to finish the Plague Bearers and finish the Plague Drones. Yeah. And then prime it all. Have you made a list... For 40k Nurgle demons? Uh, I've been... I haven't made a list. Because I... Before I build any list right off the bat... Yeah. I like to... Because I, I find... If you don't know really anything about the army... Mm-hmm. And you just start building a list... You kind of get in your head... This is what I like and this is how I want to build it. And we're going to talk about this later because I think our main topic today is... Uh, just state of the game. State sort of the of game. Yeah. And like is 40k... Can you play a non-competitive game anymore? Mm-hmm. And... I don't know exactly how to build a Nurgle Demons list. So I don't want to get stuck in my head like this is how I build a list on Battlescribe, right? This is what I'm going to bring. So I've been doing yeah. a bit of research online, Daka mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and like trying to find Nurgle lists that people play as. But I mean, have you just pointed out the models that you have? 
Because I think with Plague Bears and Nurglings and the Herald, that's two troops in HQ right there. So you could run Battleforge, most likely. I could probably no, I could run Battleforge. It would probably be an absolute shit list. Well, the just, box set comes with like a great formation for Age of Sigmar, but I don't It doesn't think have it, a 40k. I don't think that formation, formation is for Age of for 40k. 40K. No. The the box self the box set itself is yeah. not advertised as a 40k box. It's advertised oh. as an Age of Sigmar box. So I don't know if a few of these models can I think all these models can be used yeah, in they all, they're yeah, all. plague drones can be used in yep. 40k, right? So yep. um which is awesome because I now I have stuff that I can start building in Nurgle yeah. demons, list, which is always something that I've wanted to do. Yeah, and now like that you're also starting chaos, and I was checking out the uh, mini wargaming Path to Glory campaign. That yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So now, yeah, I if would, you haven't checked that out, check out yeah, the uh, Path to Glory series on uh, mini wargaming. Yeah, uh, anyone who doesn't know, Path to Glory was released in December as part of the Advent calendar by GW, mm. and it's a little campaign. Like, very casual, not competitive, because it's a lot of random tables, but mm-hmm. it's a campaign of different Chaos Warlords building up their warband and yeah, rising yeah. to power. I really like that. Um, the problem I have, I mean, you can obviously tweak it however you want, mm-hmm. but you roll on a table, random table, of, like, what units you start with. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you don't have a big Chaos Army already, how, like... How do you do How it? do you end up with these models unless you kind of work with your opponent what would be really cool is to roll for it and then give it like two weeks before you actually play so you can go and buy those models and stuff like that yeah I okay if if I start chaos we Mm -hmm. should do do it like that I think that's a great way to start a really fluffy chaos army yeah that's how you start your chaos army right yeah I mean technically you're supposed to roll off on like what chaos guard you're gonna be yeah but but like I wanna be Nurgle I wanna be you wanna be Korn possibly Zinch too yeah so it's like you can start your armies that way and just decide against each other. This is what we want to be. Right? Yeah, so if we do that, I'm probably going to pick up the Age of Sigmar starter kit and mm-hmm. convert all the corn guys to, like, cultists and berserkers mm-hmm. and, well, spawn as a spawn. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And that could be, like, the starting force of the army. Mm-hmm. And then start rolling off. And, and then you've also talked about using all that Stormcast stuff. Oh, that'll be, like, the honor stuff, guard from right? a chapter master. Yeah, that Stormcast stuff is so beautiful. <laughs> the, uh, the guys with the wings do another unit of Sanguinary Guard, but those guys is Sanguinary Guard. Mm-hmm. So, and then, I have no idea what to do with that fucking dragon thing. I'm sure it doesn't someone really... would. Well, it's a nice model, but I'm sure someone would buy it off. Buy it off it. Or, oh, I would, I'd like to keep it and just build and yeah, paint it, mean, but... Real hobbyist. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, okay. How many games I have you played? I haven't played any 40k since the tournament. I've been slacking. Filthy yeah, former square uh, basing. <laughs> um, <laughs> can't, you, can't, however, can't say that now. Have had a game, right? Yeah, so I played three games. Two of them were this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I posted up on the iToy Soldiers forum for my club looking for a game. This was last weekend against, uh, his name's The Lion, which means he usually plays Dark Angels. But he was playing uh, a mixed chaos, um, not chaos, Mixed marine list. Um, so the new he had the new starter box at, for Space Marines, like the one you got. Yeah. And he was running the formation in there, which is, like, it's a Dreadnought attack squad and commander, and maybe one or two other things. But the stuff can shoot in the movement phase and then shoot again in the shooting phase. Yeah. Which was redonkulous. Like, what the... It didn't really come into play that much. Yeah. Because just, it's a Dreadnought shooting twice, but mm-hmm. still. And he ran a Librarius Conclave... Um, and then a Clan Raccoon 
from Iron Hands detachment. Like that might have been a CAD, and he had some Red Scorpions in there too, which I'm I don't, I don't remember exactly how it all fit Red together. Red Scorpions, they're really good. Yeah, because yeah. their sergeants are apothecaries. Yeah. So that was a really good army. I ran. Uh, double land raiders with lots of tax squads. Uh, well, I ran my Ravenwing breaking list, which I beat Dom with against his Ravenwing because mm-hmm. I thought I was playing Ravenwings. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty well well rounded list. It's got like uh, assault hermes and um, not death guard, uh, death company in two different land raiders with supporting characters, and then three tactical squads and yeah. with dedicated transports. So. It was. It's a solid, well-rounded list, plus grav bikes. And I'm like, okay, I'll take this. Whatever he brings. If it's Ravenwing, I can deal with it. If it's not Ravenwing, this is a good list. Mm-hmm. And we played... I think it was Maelstrom. I can't remember now. Or mm-hmm. Eternal War. But yeah. I ended up winning... Yeah, it was Maelstrom. And I ended up squeaking out a victory 10-9. to 9. Nice. <laughs> and, like, he won most of the game. Like, I was failing charges left, right, and center, like, losing challenges. Uh, my drop pod and flamer tactical squad managed to, like, deal, like, shoot a unit off an objective and claim it, which nice. was cool. Nice. And he had, um, he had attack squad, like, uh, invisible, invisibility up. Right. And I just ignored it. Sweet. Like, just stayed away from it. Like, because he didn't have any, like, heavy hitting assault units. Like, his librarians are good. He had the, Red Scorpion's Chapter Master in there and stuff, but, mm-hmm. like, nothing deadly. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I just played to the objectives and managed to win. Side note, talking about uh, Maelstrom, well, even Eternal War as well. Mm-hmm. ITC, there's a Tau formation. I don't know if I told you about it. They came so. out. I, uh, what is it again? I think it's, like, three units of Fire Warriors and maybe some Pathfinders. Mm-hmm. But the benefits of the um, formation mm-hmm. are that they get plus one ballistic skill whenever they're shooting at somebody on an objective. We, yeah. Whoa! With 30-inch range, imagine the damage you can do with that, right? I mean, I guess it only goes up to ballistic skill four, but still. Well, but add marker lights in there too or whatever, yeah, right? Of course. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> but that's a re- I like that formation. That's a really cool benefit that they get. Yeah. Um, so my uh, first game today, my uh, scheduled opponent, I uh, scheduled a game with a Greg, who follows our... He's commented a few times on the Facebook page. Yep. You know him. Yep. I just posted up on our Facebook page looking for a game. Going to be in Toronto. And Greg was uh, kind enough to respond. But he was getting a little later to the store than we were. So I played uh, Jay, who's a, I understand is a regular at the GW yeah, Young Lord store. <laughs> so he played... We played 1,500 points. Um, you had to play the annoying Dark Eldar. <laughs> crusade. Yeah, so I literally opened up Battlescry and picked the first 1,500-point list I had on my phone. Mm-hmm. Which ended up being it was a very quick pickup game. Yeah, which ended up being a Skyhammer list. <laughs> uh, but you had never played Skyhammer. Before. No, this is the first time I ran it. So I was proxying some heavy weapons for mm-hmm. the Devastators and stuff. And I made a few mistakes. So I ended up like not picking chapter tactics because mm-hmm. I was because I said like, oh, I'll run this Blood Angel. Is that okay, or do you want me to pick one? He's like, no, it's fine. And then after the game started, I'm like, oh, I've Graph Cannons. The Blood Angels can't take those, so I'll just no no chapter charge. tactics at all. No chapter anything. tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to declare which squad was in which um, Razorback, so I ended up rolling for that halfway through the mm-hmm. game. So, like, little screw-ups like that. But yeah. it was a good game. Jay played perfectly. We were doing Vanguard Strike, and he reserved most of his stuff, except two units of bikes, a Venom, and two Taluses in a unit. Mm-hmm. And they all deployed right along the board edge. 
So I can't get too close to them because I might scatter off. And the taluses are right there, which I can't... They were in cover, and he had the Warlord trait, like, plus one to cover for mm -hmm. ruins, which we were playing on City Table. So that was, yeah, my Skyhammer got, like, brutalized. Like, I tried to take out the taluses with Grav and Yeah, man, three I don't save. know. I've realized that I've played enough against... I've played against Jay enough, and I've played against you as Dark Alien enough to know that, like, do you just leave those talus alone, man? They yeah. Move, they can only move six inches, right? They just stay away from them. But like, I mean, I know it neutralizes your Skyhammer, which sucks. Yeah, exactly. Like, what am I supposed to do with the Skyhammer otherwise? I mean, two Devastator squads, two Assault squads are still good units when you're not using them in, yeah. as a Skyhammer. But, with that being said, I don't know, it's just like, two taluses together, they're just like a wound sink. You just like, yeah. put so much into them, like, you fired all your grab cans at them and didn't do anything. Yeah, well, they had a three-up cover save. That yeah. was the problem. Well, he also had that Warlord trait where he gets stealth. Yeah, which was, right? what, yeah, that's what did it. Yeah. So I ended up calling it turn four because I'm like, I need to get some lunch before Greg shows up. So. Yeah, and I'm losing. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I was, I had, like, nothing left at that mm -hmm. point. But then so, afterwards, you got to play uh, yeah, I played Greg's Greg. Tyranid, the same Tyranid army that I played. Uh, we talked about that a few episodes ago yeah yeah. he ran a very similar army I think to what yeah and not uh, the type of army I was used to mm -hmm. like, like the two flying hive tyrants that was pretty familiar but other than that oh he had two flying hive tyrants yeah like one was proxy like yeah. he didn't have wings but um, so again I ran a very actually I ran a weird list so I ran three man librarius conclave with white scars chapter tactics that's so. cool because you never run other chapter tactics yeah I know but I was playing kind of I was playing a little competitive, a little dirty for how I usually play. Not dirty by most standards, but... Uh, so White Scars gave all the units that had librarians hit and run, which is Death Company and Land Raider, Assault Terminies and Land Raider, and Sanguinary Guard with a Sanguinary Priest. So three very powerful, meaty units. And I figure I'll just do Refuse Flank, two Land Raiders with the, in front of the Sanguinary Guard, and just roll up. And then Flak Missile, Devastator Squad... Five-man scouts with rifles and tactical squad with flamers and a tripod. And that was my whole bloody list. Yeah. And How did you find playing with, like, quote-unquote Death Stars? Um, they were actually, well, they're, hard, like, hard-hitting units, but you don't end up having a lot on the table. Yeah. So, like, they're small Death Stars. Like, yeah. They're not real real Death Stars. But, but they're they're all tough, powerful assault units. Three mm -hmm. of them. In, two of them in Land Raiders yeah. as well. Which I thought, like, oh, this is great. Like, Tyranids don't have a lot of high-strength weaponry. So naturally, uh, Greg went first. First turn, I failed to deny Warp Lance, and that just exploded a Land Raider for first <laughs> blood. So that kind of set the tone for the game. Uh, my first turn... My drop pod scattered a full 12 inches, almost going off the board. I don't know if you knew that, Jay. You were overplaying Age of Sigmar. My drop pod, like, I got boxcars. Oh, really? Scatter, yeah, and it almost went off the board. Wow. And then I forgot to shoot with the tactical squad, so his Bivores <laughs> ran into cover after that. Just a horrible day of gaming. Oh, yeah, and, like, uh, trying to get, like, uh, although I managed to steal a couple of his objectives because we were playing that one where... Uh, secure objective X, you can take those. Yeah. And I built up a strong lead very early on and just kept getting points steadily where Greg wasn't lucky. Like, I would steal his cards more often than he would score the objectives. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I managed to kill his uh, flying hive tyrant for one of his his warlord tyrant first turn with flak missiles That's grounded cool. him, yeah, nice. then charge him with the terminators, mm -hmm. and just he challenged, and I accepted my librarian who then promptly bit it. <laughs> but then I yeah I also perils first turn, but I got the six, so he was like so he's like super yeah yeah, yeah except he already had storm shields mm -hmm. so three up involved was pointless cool i want to actually talk about um that formation yeah. that you ran how did you find that uh what was it called the librarian conclave librarian's conclave mm -hmm. i i liked it casting on twos is awesome yeah it's a little risky because you have to, all the powers have to be cast by one single librarian so yeah. even though uh, running out of the main rule book the blessings and stuff mostly are ranged mm -hmm. um if you perils like it's only going on the one guy yeah. which is the setback like it's actually surprisingly balanced i was mm -hmm. kind of shocked so maybe my opponents are kind of playing it fast and loose. I need to be paying more attention to it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, but, like, I cast, like, I had nine powers. I was able to cast most of them in a single turn. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> problem is, it's, like, 300-plus points. For, and just for three librarians, not, like, four or five. Yeah. Because well, you weren't running basic librarians. You had upgraded them all and stuff like that. Well, they were all level twos, and one was in Terminator armor, one had jump pack. Yeah. But you you want as many as possible. You don't want to... No, I mean, that's ones. why you're taking it, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it comes down to psychic powers in general. Like, you're going to roll them, like, you're going to take them, and you're going to spend the points before you really know how effective they're going to be, because yeah. you can just roll absolute shit on the psychic table, and you spend all these points, and then ha you have those powers that... Yeah, so... I rolled on Biomancy, Divination, and Telepathy, mm -hmm. and the I was looking for the nice blessings. I got forewarning for the four plus invul, but I didn't get endurance. I didn't get invisibility. Yeah, and you know that kind of sucked. I got a couple of powers that were pretty useless. That's like how my, it goes, though, right? Well, my two telepathy powers. One was um, uh, hallucination. Which one? Oh, is, which against Tyrannids? It's like absolute shit. Take a pinning <laughs> test, or everyone attacks character. Well, there's almost no characters, and they're yeah. all fearless. Yeah. And the other one I got was Terrify, which is totally useless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, will you run it again though? Um, not competitively, I don't yeah. think. Like maybe in a bigger game, like twenty five hundred points, mm -hmm. or maybe if I get more librarians, I try it out again. More librarians, eh? Yeah, I feel like it'd even be better with more. Mm, that's crazy. Yeah. What is <clears throat> the formation? Is three to five? I think so. Yeah. Right on. And they all have to, they don't have to be in the same unit, but they have to be within twelve of each other. To be able to... To do that. To, do to that. give, like, I wonder out. if that is, if you have, like, one guy... Or um, maybe they have to be within 12 of the one guy who's casting all the I think powers. that's probably yeah. what it is. We'll have to look at that again, too, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, but anyways, we had to leave a little early, so we only got to the end of turn four, but, uh, yeah, I came out ahead in points, so... Sweet, man. Yeah, so Greg will have to get a rematch in when we're not strapped for time. And but... I also want to get a rematch, and I think we're actually going to play this Thursday, which is good, because I haven't played 40K in a long time, and yeah. I haven't played my Tau since... Last year. <laughs> <coughs> a whole year. <laughs> However, um, you got a bit of uh, campaign updates to do. Yeah, so I've been running the Romanov Heresy campaign, which we talked about back in December. And it's going pretty well. Started off a little slow, like no one got in battles for a while. And then three people invaded one of Sizzly's territories. So mm -hmm. it's they're, they were going to do a four-way carnage match today, but apparently, I was looking on the forums, a bunch of people had to bail, mm -hmm. so... Scheduling seems to be issues, but yeah, it's starting to get some bloodshed on the field. So. Do you guys have a set day for your campaign day? 
or you just everyone emails you in their moves yeah. and then everyone kind of plays yeah I have a campaign email account so everyone emails them in then I check them at a certain deadline yeah. and then people schedule their games and they have a certain amount of time to finish the game otherwise someone has to forfeit mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of what I like about the uh, this Age of Sigmar campaign that we're doing is like Saturday is the day that everyone comes in everyone does their moves on Saturday it's not like you you can message Zach the guy that's organizing it you mm-hmm. can message him and tell him what your move is going to be and then play another game another mm-hmm. day which some people had to do uh, this week but everyone tends to be there on the Saturday everyone does their moves and if you yeah. get the game in that day you get it in Right? Yeah. I think it, it would work. I think it would work fine. It's just this big multiplayer game has been a scheduling hard nightmare for that. Yeah. Well, we played a four-player game today. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think everyone could come in every Saturday. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, a lot of the guys at the store I was at today seemed a lot, like, younger, like, early 30s or yeah. 20s, where yeah. a lot of the guys in my gaming group are, like you know, have families working. They have real-life commitments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... I mean, there's a good mix in my gaming group, but, like, there seems to be... It seems to be much wider than there is a Young Lawrence, mm-hmm. so... Sweet, man. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, let's uh, take a short break, and we'll come on back with some rules learning. All right. Okay, so rules learning. The lawyers are in. Yeah. <laughs> Today, we are talking about generating psychic powers. Mm-hmm. So, um... This has come up in a couple of games. Yeah, I don't think this is this one's gonna be so much as a debate, so much as a clearing up of the yeah. So of what we've noticed in some games that we've played. Yeah, and I mean at the beginning of the game, some player like everyone's rolling for warlord traits and psychic power and stuff really quickly, and sometimes you're just trying to do it to save time. But it's really important to follow the procedure mm-hmm. in the exact way because for certain reasons that we're going to get into. Now, the first time that I ever noticed this, and I kind of questioned it, was actually we were playing. Mm-hmm. And you use the cards. Yeah. And you don't roll on the table. You just take all the cards in your hand, and you flip them over. Well, I shuffle them. You first. shuffle them, yeah. and then you flip them over. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize what you were... I didn't realize that you had already in your mind decided that this is the only... Discipline. Discipline that I'm taking. Yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Mm-hmm. you got to do one at a time, buddy. Yeah. But you had already decided that's what you're doing, so you put the Primaris off to the side. Yeah. And then you just flipped over three cards, and, or two cards, or two whatever. Cards, that was yeah. it, right? Yeah, from the Sanguinary just mm-hmm. However, I have seen people, if, let's say, you have a level three um, Psychic, yeah. right? You can, they take three dice at the same time, they roll them, and then they go, okay, those are my three powers. Yeah. Right? And and, or with a warlord trait, if you have a, if you're allowed to re-roll your warlord trait, taking two dice, rolling them at the same time, mm-hmm. and then picking which one you want. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about is, yeah, what's the the act? Because that's not the right way of doing it. No, uh, I want to talk about psychic focus a little bit first. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was a game that happened. Uh, this happened a while ago, possibly even before we started the podcast. But I was playing against an opponent who was playing a psyker heavy army, and he'd roll for his first power. And swap it for the primaries. And this was a level 3 Psyker. Mm-hmm. Roll for his second power. And then roll for his third power. All within the same discipline. And he's like, okay, well I have Psychic Focus, so I need to roll for my third power now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you, like, I didn't say anything, but in my mind it's like, whoa, you've already rolled three times. Yeah. You don't get a fourth roll just because you swap one out. Mm-hmm. So, 
Psychic Focus. Uh, we're on page 23 of the big rule book. Uh, immediately after generating a psychic power, a psychic can always choose to substitute the power generator for the discipline's primaris power. So you swap it out. Uh, psychic Focus, however, in specifically page 22 in the box, if a psychic generates all of his powers from the same psychic discipline, even if he can only generate one power, that psyker is said to have psychic focus and gains that discipline's primaris power in addition to his other powers. Now that is at the end of generating your psychic powers. Yeah, so if you already have the primaris, you don't get anything else on top of that. Mm -hmm. You don't regain primaris because you can't know the power, the same power twice. Um, if during the course of the game that power psychic gains a psychic power from a different psychic discipline, he immediately loses psychic focus. So you can also lose it as well, which is interesting. And then stuff outside of psychic disciplines like force doesn't count towards it. No. So you can't. Uh, this is all about like filtering through psychic powers, trying to get the best one, trying to avoid as much randomness yeah. as possible. Because mm -hmm. if you can swap out a power and then get a extra roll. And I was thinking about this afterwards, like, because afterwards I started using more psychers. I think this was when I was playing Dark Eldar, and then I switched back to Blood Angels yeah. and been using more of them. Like, you know, there's some real duds on the psychic trees. Like, maybe you should be able to do it that way and have a little more flexibility. Yeah. Except one of the powers is invisibility. Yeah. Which is super overpowered and obnoxious, in my opinion. Yeah. And it like if you have that power, it's a game changer, mm -hmm. big time. So, and the way this game works is that it's designed, arguably poorly, but it's designed to have that amount of randomness in there yeah. to ensure that it's not super easy to pick up, say, invisibility. Yeah. So, um, another big important part of psychic powers, and in the most popular army. Space Marines is Tigerius, who's a level three psyker, who's allowed to make rerolls. Now, Jay, what page is that on the codex? So we are on page one seventeen okay. of the current Space Marine codex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Master of Prescience, when generating psychic powers, Tigerius may reroll any roll of the dice to see which powers he knows. Mm -hmm. Now, same thing. You have to roll one power at a time. Yeah. So you let's say you're rolling on divination, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to get invisibility. You roll that first dice, you don't get it. Yeah. You're allowed to re-roll that dice to try and get invisibility, right? But you mm -hmm. can't roll all three at the same time. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get invisibility. Okay, I'll roll the, one of these two. No, you have to. Yeah. So take it individually. Page twenty-three of the main rulebook. To randomly generate a psychic power, first choose one of the disciplines known to the psyker. Then, roll a d6 and consult the chosen psychic discipline. You'll notice the powers are numbered between 1 and 6, blah, blah, blah. If the psyker needs to generate more than one psychic power, repeat the above process until the required number of psychic powers has been generated. So you generate them one at a time. And as we went over earlier, primaris powers, immediately after generating psychic power, a psychic can always choose to substitute it for the primaris power. Now, if you are planning on going for like psychic focus, this doesn't really matter. But maybe you have, like, one or two off of different disciplines that yeah. you're trying to go for. Especially with, like, a level three, mm -hmm. right? Or four. Or four or something like that. Or just five. There's no five. So <laughs> no, there's no five in the yet. game. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. The way the game is going. Mm. Um, this is really when it comes into play. Yeah. 
right? Because you really have to decide, do I want to spend another psychic power in this discipline? Yeah, especially with Tigarius, who has the re-roll, mm-hmm. so it's easier to, like, get, to, what, to you get want. what you want. Yeah. So, like we said earlier, sometimes when it's trying to save time, players will roll with, like, say, Tigarius or high-level psychic with special rules, roll all three, and then pick the ones they want to re-roll. You aren't supposed to do that because then you gain the advantage. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm rolling three dice on telepathy. Oh, I already got my, I already got um, uh, invisibility. Yeah. So I'm going to re-roll the other two because it was hallucination and, I don't know, terrify. Yeah. Well, you can't do that. You need to roll one at a time. So, okay, I'm going to roll on telepathy, first power. Oh, it's not invisibility, but it's pretty good. Do I want to re-roll that and try and get invisibility or hold on to and just hope? Hope my next one I... Get invisibility. Yeah. And, hey, maybe the next two rolls with re-rolls, you don't get invisibility. Well, you're out of luck. You yeah. miss that extra chance to re-roll. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how it's supposed to be played. And that's, you know, like, Tigerius is, his points, arguably, this is going, who knows how much time is actually put into the, making these rules, but arguably Tigerius is pointed out to account for that. If he, if his power is generating, roll all three, and then you may re-roll any of those, then he might be, you know, 50 points more, 20 points more, however yeah. much. Mm-hmm. So. Now, we had said this before, this also works with, like, warlord traits. Whereas if you have the reroll and you roll both of them at the same time and you pick which one is the one that you want. No, that's very wrong. That's very unfair and wrong, too, because yeah. you then see, because if you pick one, if you roll one and you don't like it, well, you don't know what the next one is going to be. Yeah, and you it can might... roll one that's even worse. Or yeah. you could reroll the exact same one. Yeah, so, for example, page 11 of the big rule book, re-roll. In some situations, the rules allow you to re-roll dice. This is exactly what it sounds like. Pick up the die and re-roll it. Uh, the second roll counts, this is bolded, even if it means a worse result than the first, and no single dice can be re-rolled more than once. So I think that with the whole re-roll, like, it's a benefit, but at the same time, it can hinder the results of... Yeah, like, if you... I one time, uh, one of the games... At the tournament that we played mm-hmm. two weeks ago, I rolled one, and it was good, but I was hunting for the Warlord trait that allowed me to re-roll my reserve rolls. Yeah. I could have used that first Warlord trait, but I re-rolled it, and I got one that didn't help me at all Yeah, during the game. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't get a Warlord trait that time. Oh, well, if we're talking right. about bad re-rolls and poor decisions, so I had a six-inch charge once <laughs> with jump packs, using jump packs in the assault phase. It was a four and a two, so I just made the charge. But I'm thinking to myself, like, if I get three or better, I can get more of these jump pack guys into base to base for Hammer of Wrath. Mm-hmm. So pick up that two, re-roll it, boom, one, fail the yeah, charge. charge yeah. yeah, so definitely something. Why don't you just roll those two dice at the same time and pick which one you like more? Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> then it's like three or four dice, yeah. But, but, and the thing is, too, they're like going on this Warlord trait tangent now, there are characters who say roll two or three dice on the Warlord traits table and pick the one you want. Oh, okay. It's not a re-roll. Mm-hmm. Like, they, it is specifically called out if you're supposed to do something like yeah. that. Right on, so, it, it's kind of shitty because, like, policing this sort of shit, like, it breaks the game flow. People pe- feel like they're being, like, you know, penalized or looked at. Like, it's... Anyway, it's not fun to do, but it's also not fun to, like... 
you know, to play against someone who isn't playing by the rules and gaining even a serious they, even advantage. Even if they don't know that they're doing it, and I think that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. They don't understand that that's what it is. And like we said, mm-hmm. this isn't exactly a uh, a debate here. I think yeah. we're just, even for us, a clarification. And hopefully yeah. it's, it's also like I said, for some other people. Like, because well. like, I, I don't get telepathy, so I don't ever get invisibility with blood angels. Unless I'm allying in a library's conclave from White Scar. Anyways. So, <laughs> um... So it, it was something I don't think about. It's like, well, maybe you should be able to have a little more flexibility when selecting your psychic powers. But when some of them are so overpowered, yeah, it's it's not right. So, all right, uh, stay tuned. So for the main topic of the show, we are tentatively calling it the state of the game. Hmm. I think it's a good title yeah. that kind of sums up everything we're. If, if we come up with something better, I'll put it on the podcast title, yeah. but. So we got a couple of questions or like topics that we're going to run through about where the game's at and where is it going and stuff like mm-hmm. talking about casual play, proxy models, power creep with codexes, mm-hmm. third party rules. That's a, well, th- those are the topics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, casual play. Yeah, let's start with that one first because I think that kind of encompasses almost all of what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, does casual play still exist? If if you're playing something like that uh, Quest for Glory, is that Path to Glory? Path to Glory. Um, it does. Because so, you can kind of agree with your friend, like, hey, we're having a fun narrative campaign. So it only exists in specific formats. Yeah, I think so. I think that there's... it's. It's a competitive game to begin with. There has to be a winner in the end, right? Yeah, true. Very true. Um, and the fact that it's not like Age of Sigmar where you kind of put whatever model you want on the table. Mm-hmm. You have to come up with a point, like a point limit. Yeah. And then you have to try and put make an army in there. Now, you can make a fluffy army, but you're still maxed out at this. You, mm-hmm. you have to fit stuff in. You have to yeah. be able to do this and be able to do that as well, yeah. right? So there, there's always going to be that competitive list-building aspect. Mm-hmm. Um. But in general, 40k, though, you don't think there's casual anymore? I think that if you just go out to your local gaming store... Like a club day or yeah. a Saturday or something. Uh, you're more like, like every game is going to be competitive Yeah, in some sense. There's, I think when people hear the word competitive, they think it means very tournament. Like, I have to 100% win this tournament. Mm-hmm. I need to make the dirtiest list and try and beat everyone, right? Yeah. You can still have fun and have good laughs and good conversation with a buddy mm-hmm. and it still be a competitive game where you're yeah. trying to beat him. Yeah, for me, casual play is forging the narrative is a good way to put it. I like that, yeah. So, if you're taking formations, you're taking formations for narrative reasons, not power reasons. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I see it. And now, I, like, I mean, because the armies I play don't have a lot of good formation, in my opinion. Anyways. You um, run a very... Blood, I, I, yeah, I run very often uh, combined arms attachment. Not too long ago, I frequently frequently ran unbound. Mm-hmm. Just, in most time, I still had, like, one HQ and two troops. But yeah. I wanted, like, an extra fast hacker, a third HQ or Just something. to fit the feel of the army. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But you still try and make a strong list. Now I do. Like, I've started running, allying in 
Conclave, mm-hmm. Skyhammers, stuff that, like that. Allying in Eldar, Wraithguard. The fact that you do that now, does that not speak to the state of the game? Even you yourself are trying to like be competitive, yeah, like, right? Here's the thing. Like, I, I really enjoy the intellectual exercise of trying to win in 40k. Yeah. Like, you know... Uh, it's like playing a good game of chess. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, keeping all those plates spinning in the air sort of thing. Like, yeah. keeping track of all the objectives. Mm-hmm. Like, I love... Like, there's been some discussion on the iToy Soldiers forums about the ITC missions that we ran in the yeah. tournament. And I love them. Yeah. And some people are saying there's too much going on on the table. Yeah, like, that's true. I understand... When you play something like Eternal War, it's very... Like, I understand where they're going with that Eternal War mission... Uh, secondary objectives and maelstrom. Like, yeah. It's a lot to keep track of, but I I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I find it I find it challenging in a good way. I find that talking about that, it made me realize that like it's not always competitive against the person that you're playing against. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it would be competitive against yourself. Yeah. How much better can you get in the game? Yeah, and lately I've been really focusing on that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm throwing fluff out the window. I'm not... I, like, it's been a while since I've fielded a captain. Yeah. I used to always field a captain. It was like, who leads the Space Mariner? Captain. Yeah. If it's under a thousand points, yeah, maybe just a chaplain. Mm-hmm. I used to, like, always include Death Company. I still include them a lot because they're a great unit, yeah. but, like, I have special homebrew rules for my army, which don't really necessarily affect... Like, none of them are bonuses. Mm-hmm. But one of them is I need to include a unit of Death Company because the gene seed for the Storm Guard has become so unstable. Yeah. But, like, I don't uh, play by that rule anymore. Mm-hmm. So, but then again, I can still have casual games. Like, I think of um, Sizzly or Rob, who very much wants to play with stuff that's painted, hates using proxies. Yeah. And I feel like when we play, we have that mindset going in where this we're, we are playing for fun yeah and that doesn't mean that one of us can dominate the other usually whoever's playing Dark Eldar but um like cause he his Dark Eldar list for example is very competitive mm-hmm. where he's got two flyers lots of shooting like it's a very good list yeah not broken by any means but like I've had trouble against it, especially with like a fluffier Dark Angel a Blood Angels list yeah where and meanwhile last time we played I think it was the last time he ran Corn Demonkin and I ran uh, Dark Eldar and just like butchered him. Yeah. But going into those games for me and him, it's like we want to play as many painted models as possible on a nice table. Yeah, get and a like real that, story going within your game. It, it, not even a story, yes, if we can do that, it's good, but like it's not just about the game, it's about the, the setup. Yeah. Like you want to be able to take pic. If we take pictures, that's kind of this, what I mean by story. Yeah. Is that when you watch when you look at the game from start to finish, you really felt like you yeah. were you had something going, not just plastic gray guys on a Yeah, table exactly. Like not chess pieces. Yeah. Like these are like toy soldiers yeah. that are painted lovingly and mm-hmm. artistically. Now would you say, um, like you and me will play often and it's gotten to the point now that we know how the other person plays so much <clears throat> yeah. so well that we'll have them all on the table and yeah, we're we're playing a game against each other, but we're also talking to each other about, like, well, oh, I think this would be better if you did this and stuff yeah. like that. Would you consider that a casual play? Um, Whereas we're still being competitive, but we're being very, like, lenient and helping the other guy out yeah, and talking about what you're A little more relaxed. Yeah. Generally, I do that more, like, I don't generally do that with new opponents who I've just met. No, me neither, yeah. 
but like opponents are more relaxed around, more friendly with. And these can be like tournament, like ga- uh, tournament winning players. Yeah. Like, and so I still do that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's more, but that's more relaxed on casual. Now, the next point is proxying, and mm. proxying happens all the time. Yeah. And it's something that I hate doing. And I'll, I'll, I don't mind proxying something when I'm like testing it out and have mm-hmm. the intention of buying the models. Yeah. But I'll give a good example. So during a league game, fairly like a few months ago, I'm sure I've mentioned on the, this on the show, mm-hmm. uh, a Tyranid player I was playing proxy a Hive Tyrant, specifically the weapons, which are Twinling Brain Leech Devourers, which are the best weapons in the Codex, yeah. arguably. And it's like, this tournament, first of all, this tournament isn't supposed to have proxies. And then, other things, like, I was playing Ben the other other day against his, like, mixed marine list. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was a, you know, I, like, thoroughly enjoyed that game. It was a lot of fun, but he proxied a Chaos Sorcerer as a librarian for Mm -hmm. his part of his conclave. And he, I think that was his fourth librarian in there. It might have been his third, but... For something like that, I feel like you know you're going to take Conclave anyways. Just run it with three guys. Yeah. You don't have the model for it. You know what it does. Yeah. Like. <sighs> now, I, I think that if you're testing something out, yeah, I have no problem sure. with proxying being like, you know, I yeah. want to play. I want to play one or two games to whatever to test out how it is to play with four librarians instead of three librarians yeah. because you know it's still. Fucking thirty-five dollar model in the end, man. Yeah, it's just be like, point, yeah. I have no idea what it's like to play four. I want to play. It's very hard to test something with one game because okay. yeah, the true, outcomes true. can be completely ridiculous. You got to test play it a few times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we had just talked about it before, and then uh, the hobby progress about I using like I use my hammerhead as a devilfish sometimes. Yeah, it's a very similar model, but it's not the same model. True, but it's. Uh, it's hard to say where the line is. Like yeah. it's very blurred. It's for me. I guess I have a problem when people proxy really good units, and yeah. it's like by now you should have torn the arms off that model and put on the right ones, yeah. or converted like the right gun for mm-hmm. that, or something. Like this has gone on a while. It's like having a bunch of space marines with bolters and saying they all have bolt pistols and chainsaws as a crusader squad or something yeah. like that, right? And it's, I mean, that's one of the things I like about tournaments, because everything has to be WYSIWYG. Yeah. And it's like, I, it was a rule I was really, uh, like, that was really um, contentious when I was writing up the new campaign, is, is there going to be a penalty for unpainted models? Mm-hmm. And in the end, it was preferred enemy, unpainted models, yeah. and that inc- a proxy model under those rules always counts as unpainted. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You see a lot of proxying too with Forge World stuff. Forge World is so dominant in the game right now mm-hmm. that like you'll have like a. I mean, the only thing I really can compare it with right now is is Tau, like a Riptide and proxy is mm-hmm. a Forge World Riptide. Yeah, or using a. Um, there are so many variants of the Hammerhead, and some of the Forge World oh, ones are that. really good. Oh, okay. And um, you see a lot of people. You know, proxying that because yeah. he has this weapon because all this is a weapon change. It's yeah. just a different turret, right? Yeah. Um, that can get a little out of hand is when you start proxying a lot of really good Forge World stuff. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's hard to. 
it, it's hard to draw the line, especially if you have new players coming in the game, the proxy and all stuff. I think it's the attitude. If you're proxying to test something, mm-hmm. then that's one thing. Or if you're proxying because you don't have the models yet to get up to 1,500 points done the thing. But if you're proxying a really good formation, which, I mean, I, I mean, I proxy the Skyhammer today, right? Yeah, yeah. Although I do, if it does work, if I do like it, I intend to buy the models exactly, for yeah. it. Including switching out sergeants that don't have Blood Angels pistols. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, I guess it's about the attitude. I think it's something that's okay so long as you're working towards it. Yeah, true. Alright, uh, Codex Balance. Is there a way to fix it, or do you just ally in a better Codex? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this comes, like, it works with the casual play. Like, is there such a thing as casual play anymore? Because if there is, then you shouldn't really worry about the Codexes being unbalanced. You're playing mm-hmm. to, to play your army and get into that, right? Yeah. Um, if you are more into competitive play, I think it's fixable with allies. Yeah. Right. It's clear that, like, there are some really good ally combos out there. Yeah. Because, I mean, the next point is codex creep, but, like, and there is a market creep in power levels of codex. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like, you look at orcs, which came out about this time last year, about 12, 14 months ago, Mm -hmm. compared to Tau, Eldar, Space Marines. Yeah. Like, there's, there's so much. It just continually gets better and better. Yeah. And, I mean, if you want to play a casual game, and I want to bring my orcs, and you want to bring your Decurion style, because you really want to play a really fluffy Necron list. And that's the thing about the Decurion style Mm -hmm. detachments. They're supposed to represent really fluffy. Like, a battle company of Space Marines... Yeah, it's great because they have free transports, but that is very fluffy. Yeah, there's actually a guy um, talking about like power creep at mm-hmm. our store at Young and Lawrence, uh, Zimmer. He, around Christmas time, a little bit before Christmas, mm-hmm. he bought basically a whole orc army. Oh, jeez. And all like very uh, evil sons, very speed freaks. Yeah. Where like everyone was in like a battle wagon or a truck. Yeah. He had two DACA jets, mm-hmm. storm boys. There was like nobody on foot. Yeah. Everybody's in their transport. Massive army. He's like, this is going to be so much fun. I want an army that I keep here at the store. And, like, that's my store army that I have fun with every single time. Yeah. And he built it all out. And he's like, you know what, man? Like, this army that's sucks. a very fun army to play as. But I need something that's competitive. Yeah. So he ended up buying, like, a Tau army. Yeah. And, like, a very well-built. Yeah. Very well Proper list, yeah, right? Yeah. That he's going to mess shit up with. Because there's that power creep, man. You Like, as much fun as he has playing orcs. It's not fun to lose every single game. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, that wears down, even if you're having fun every time you play. Yeah. At some point, you're like, man, it'd be nice to win a fucking game every once in a while. Well, like, what? You said this once, I don't know if it was on the podcast or off air, but Decurian armies are meant to fight, or Decurian formations are meant to fight other Decurian formations. I think so, and I think that's where, like, the power creep come, like, kind of evens itself out. Yeah. Is that, like, they made these crazy good detachments mm-hmm. that. When they face, like, anything normal, yeah. they just absolutely wipe out. Yeah. But if you play, like, a Hunter Contingent versus a Decurion, right? Mm-hmm. Man, that battle's really even. Yeah. And I've seen a few games of it, and, I mean, right now I feel like the Tau one usually wins, but it's still a very competitive yeah. game. Right? I mean, maybe that's the answer, is, like, casual, quote-unquote casual play mm-hmm. is just... I don't want to say straight cat, because, like... 
Adeptus Mechanicus can't do, or Scutari, I should say, yeah. can't do straight CAD. Yeah. I mean, there's ways to fix that. Like, I managed to duct tape that together in the campaign, but still. I really but, like the uh, the two detachments kind of rule. Oh, the th- you mean three from Well, ITC? the ITC has three with duplicates of mm-hmm. one set, and uh, that's good, but it still makes for, like, some pretty crazy yeah. lists, right? Mm-hmm. But I like the... Just the two detachments with uh, no, like, uh, Decurion style. Or, say, gloves off, Decurion style goes. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, I th- I think, uh, let me bring this back up on the forums. We talked about on a, a Great Winter Table Warriors is having, like, a set rule, like an FAQ, like yeah. adopting the ITC or a modified ITC FAQ. And that could be, and one of the things that I was really talking about at one point is when you sign up for games for club day, you post casual or competitive or learning. Mm, yeah. And sometimes people don't even post that. And then people get paired up hoping for a casual game against a competitive guy. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't what I'm looking for. And that's a vastly different thing. Yeah. Especially if a competitive guy wants like practice. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get that. Yeah, exactly. So having, I think you need to at least, if not define outline what each of those means. Yeah. So maybe it's like, Okay, maximum two detachments or gloves off. Yeah. Or um, homebrew rules. Homebrew rules, something. yep. Oh, sorry, were you going to say something else to that point? I was just going to say, like, to finish off the power creep. Yeah, there is that power creep. Like, mm-hmm. there are codexes that are better than other ones. But I yeah. think we're going to see a, a plateau soonish, maybe by the end of this year, beginning of next year. Yeah. Where it's like every, now every army in the game has something that's like a Decurion that's able to counteract. Yeah, hopefully they've been doing the campaign books, which, okay, I gotta buy a, what, 60 to $100 campaign book Mm -hmm. to supplement my Blood Angels Dark Eldar. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's cool that it's a campaign book, you're getting a lot of other stuff, like the War, not Eternal War, there's something, Echoes of War missions, Mm -hmm. what they're called. So, that's interesting, like, I love campaigns, so. Yeah. Um... Or I've been thinking, throwing around a lot of ideas for homebrew rules. Mm-hmm. So like a Blood Angels Librarius Conclave. So instead of Tigerius, I can take Mephiston. Mm-hmm. I can include one Librarian Dreadnought, which actually now... That, that sounds I so ridiculous. But... It's cool. I yeah. like it. It's cool. Like, is that something that players should be able to do and then like adopt them... And then the crew, it just, but then I don't know that like having home rules like that is so weird. It can, it, it can get like out of hand. Too. Yeah, I mean I know you do some pretty good character creation stuff. In yeah, your, uh, campaigns, in your campaigns. Yeah, that would be so cool to have something like that in like regular casual play where you can actually carry and make like a really fluffy army, and your character isn't like overpowered or anything like that. It's just something that you mm-hmm. can name your own character, make your own character. Yeah, right? like I'm. The first iteration of those rules that I... Well, I didn't write them originally. I amended them. But the first iteration of them, there were problems because, like, we played a campaign game with a hit-and-run green tide. (laughs) It was like that... (laughs) Because someone could give his war boss hit-and-run, and as long as one model has that in the unit, the whole unit has it. So that was broken. So any... And maybe I overdid it a bit, but any force multiplying upgrade mm-hmm. got wiped. Mm-hmm. This is like I—it's abusive. I don't know. I can't think of every combination. Yeah. So 
I'm, that's a work in progress. Like, there, if you're interested on, uh, I'll link it on the Facebook page, but on iToy Soldiers, I posted custom character rules, and it specifically says beta, because they're still in progress. But, I, like, when I use them, I don't make uh, overpowered characters. Mm -hmm. I just make, like, sergeants with a few upgrades. And also, if you get over 225 points, it's a Lord of War, so that's... Yeah, that's good, too. Yeah. Um, now, we're talking about, like, making up your own rules and stuff to, mm -hmm. to play just every day. But a lot of people use the ITC yeah. FAQs and their rules. Because GW doesn't clear everything up. Uh, no. Discrepancies <laughs> and stuff yeah. that is overpowered and everything. But a lot of people do follow ITC's mm -hmm. general rules. Of, like, yeah. what you're not allowed to take, what this actually counts as. Like, they just, we were talking about, they just cleaned up the, uh, the 100 contingent. 100 contingent, yeah. yeah. What, they did that by people voting on it, yeah. right? Which isn't always the best way to do it, because the people voting on it, yeah, they're players, they know the game, but they're not game designers. Yeah. So. But a lot of the reasons why they've been changed is because, like, did the game designers mess up? No, I, I know that. I'm not saying that the rules are well-developed, but, mm -hmm. like, the people amending the rules aren't in a better position. That's true. So. I don't understand what you're that, saying. Yeah. yeah. So, is, like, the tyranny of the mob the best way to do rules amendments? Yeah. So, uh, and the other thing, too, is, like, okay, well, third having third-party rules with, like, ITC, which is the independent tournament circuit, just FYI, if anyone doesn't know, FYI for your information. <laughs> um, oh, I, uh, yeah, so, like, people, like, fans making, especially with Games Workshop, where the rules are so flaky, fans making their own rule set, I think, is really cool. Yeah. Like, having a point system for Age of Sigmar, really cool. Um, having ninth edition Warhammer Fantasy, that sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm really glad that ITC exists, even if not everyone's going to adopt it, but... Yeah. It's the options there. I think a fan-made system, like the you know the people who play and love this game, mm -hmm. taking a hand in creating it is mm -hmm. great. And I, but just finding a way to do that, even more so, would be awesome. But like doing that in our little communities could be difficult. Uh, so. But I think that all of this, like all what we're talking about, kind of concludes that right now the game is at is it's in such a place. Mm -hmm. that you have the freedom to do whatever you want, man. The game is That's so true. open right now. Yeah. Whereas before, I remember Third Eye when we used to play, I felt very much like, these are the models, this is the rule book, yeah. open it, and this is how we play the game. That's true, yeah. And now it's just like, yo, man, I play this game called Warhammer, and it's com it's whatever I want it to be. Yeah. I can play any type of mission I want, I can make my own missions still, right? Yeah, oh, I feel I like think that narrative, that ability to forge a narrative is there, and you can play the game however you want, so long as you plan it ahead of time, if that's yeah. how you're going to play it. Yeah, I guess, like, because the games I played today, like, you know, they were fun, but if you do a pickup game in a store, like, you don't know what you're getting into, and there can be such, the way the state of the game right now, it, there can be such disparity in power levels between armies, even good armies with Tyrion style attachments, if you build a fluffy list out of it yeah. and go up against like a kitted out Dark Eldar list, yeah. like you could get your ass stomped. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like I remember them talking about this on Independent Characters a while back, and every time I have this conversation with someone, it kind of ends with the same thing. Like, 
just you conclude with you need to have more communication with your opponents yeah. and within your community. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're concluding the same thing <laughs> as all those other <laughs> ones. But yeah, just defining that sort of stuff, I guess, is important. And the game, the game is so open. The state of the game right now is that it's so open that you can do whatever you want. And because you can do whatever you want, yeah. you have to have a lot of communication with your opponent before you start playing. Yeah, but it like or else you don't know what to, what to expect. Yeah, and on the same time, if you're running an event like a tournament, narrative event campaign, you have so many tools available to you, which is amazing. Yeah, man. So yeah, I'm excited. Like I, I like the state of the game where it's at. I worry that the the uh, power creep will go to a point where the game has just like gone Dragon Ball Z on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, but I, I I do hope that it like I like where it's going so long as it plateaus when it gets there. Yeah, I, I like where it's going. I just get easily frustrated and get on complaining bullshit rants, which is <laughs> stupid. But it 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 can be really frustrating because if you're losing all the time over and over again, then you get bitter and jaded, right? Yeah, exactly. So finding ways for it to stay fun and fresh is important. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll be right back. Alright, we're back, and we're going to go beyond the realm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Is that really the music you decided to go with? I don't know, man. Sorry. <laughs> do you want to re- do the segment, re-record? No, 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 we're <laughs> sticking with this. <laughs> no, we just got to let that failure hang in the air. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, well, you have been playing a new video game. Well, I don't know if it's a new video game, but it's new for new you. New for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I downloaded Plantside 2 off Steam. Mm-hmm. Which is free to play, but with this whole freemium marketplace thing. It's a first-person shooter, uh, massive multiplayer online. Mm -hmm. So think the original Star Wars Battlefront, but like fighting over whole continents instead of just massive skill. Now I remember the original Planet Side back in the day when I like I wanted a gaming computer so bad just to play this game. Yeah, yeah. So it's um. It's a lot of fun. You die pretty easily, which is it's a huge learning curve. I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But you can fly planes and vehicles and helicopters, shit like that. There's three factions. They're all constantly warring. Mm-hmm. Really cool game. Really fun. I've been playing with, with my roommate a lot. Trying to get other people on. If you are listening to the podcast and want to play, I'm on the US East server. My internet's kind of garbage, so we drop out a lot. <laughs> yeah, we used to play a lot of EVE together and yeah. Same. We had that same issue. Eve worked better than us, let me tell you. Yeah, oh, we're really trying well. to figure out what the fuck's wrong with our ISP. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the aesthetic's very Halo-esque. Mm-hmm. So, which I, I'm a huge Halo fan. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really like it. It's fun. Like me and Daryl run like weird black ops missions behind enemy lines. And it's and shit. free to play? Yeah. So there you go. I, I bought a few weapons because I... I don't know, I put like 20 bucks in the game. Well, which, even 20 bucks to... Yeah, for a game that I've already spent like 20 hours on. Yeah. So, yeah, I bought a like a big revolver, which isn't very good, but it looks so cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, back when I played Destiny, or when we played Destiny, I always ran yeah. hand cannons, so... I don't know, the, you can fly the planes and everything, right? Oh, yeah. You can fly the transports and everything. Yeah, like it's all, you have to... Like, yeah, that, that's what really appealed to me in the original Planet Side was the, I don't know, I have this like... Strange calling to like fly transport ships. Mm. Not like even like any character that flies like a large passenger ship in like any sci-fi. Like yeah, um, in Firefly, 
Oh, um, Colban. Uh, I forget what his nickname is. Wash. Was. Yeah, Wash. Like, love that character. Yeah. Dude, like, anybody that's able to fly those massive ships like that. And drop ship and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I drive the Sunderer, which is like this big armored van with mm-hmm. turrets on top, but cool. you can deploy it into a spawn point. Mm-hmm. And, like, deploying, like, strategically deploying spawn points mm-hmm. is, like, a really important for taking a base. Yeah. And it's interesting because, like, yeah, it's first person shooter, but then shooter, but then you go into the map, and it's like there's some serious strategic meta going on. Yeah, here. yeah. So I really like that man. War on a large scale like that. Yeah, it's really fun. And sometimes, like, there's this uh, scene in one of the later Gaunt's Ghost novels where one of the ghosts gets disciplined and gets put into the regular army, mm-hmm. where Gaunt's Ghost is like a forest recon unit. And they're assaulting this city, and it's, like, literally millions of Imperial Guardsmen. Mm-hmm. Like, just throwing themselves at the wall, dying by the thousands. Mm-hmm. And I was playing the other day, and that's what it felt, it felt like. like, that's so like awesome, just man. running into the enemy guns, just trying to gain an inch, gain yeah. an inch, and just respawning, respawning. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, holy fuck, this is intense. <laughs> that's like, awesome, it's man. not a game that I relax playing. Like, yeah. I find it stressful. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> My doctor told me to stop. It's going to hurt You've also been playing a little bit of X-Men? Yeah, uh, I played a game against Zach, my old roommate. Uh, there's a build with the Y-Wing, called, which I just picked up, Triple Shot Y-Wing, where mm-hmm. it fires with its main guns and fire with its turret. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, twin laser cannons, which fires twice. It can only do one damage per shot, but mm-hmm. that was... Oh. I never really liked Y-Wings, not, not in general, but in terms of the game. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a really good show. Nice, man. So, yeah, pick one of those up and might run in my next tournament. Is that something that you think that you might run on a... Yeah, because it's really good. It's not very maneuverable, though, where my my current tournament list, like, two of the three ships are extremely maneuverable. Yeah, I want to go up against it. I'll I'll see what that's like. That's good. Uh, What about you? So, we've talked about this before, but I'm going to... Really get into the Age of Sigmar campaign now. Mm. What we've been doing. Excellent. Um, so at Games Workshop, Young and Lawrence, we've uh, started up an Age of Sigmar campaign, which is really mm-hmm. cool because it's brand new to me. Yeah. And I apologize to every opponent before I play them that I'm not the best at the rules. There's only four pages. <laughs> yeah, but the rule book is only <laughs> four pages, so there's not much to work. Yeah, I heard about. someone comments like the rule book's only four pages. Why are we still getting it wrong? <laughs> um. Age of Sigmar is a lot of fun, man. Yeah. And the first game I played, I played I played Skaven, and I played against Stormcast. It's the one problem I have with the game, is that they made this new army for this game, mm-hmm. and it is so overpowered. Yeah. And, okay, for anyone that hasn't played Age of Sigmar, doesn't know anything about it, there's no points value in Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. It works if you and me were playing. Mm-hmm. We go, okay, I put down a unit. And a unit can be any. A unit is one character guy. A unit is a, a squadron of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, help it abomination. Help it abomination. Now Cannon. The, the other thing is, a unit is a three wound rattling gun with a six plus save. Mm-hmm. So I can put down uh, my unit, which is that rattling gun, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's pretty powerful, but like you shoot at him with one guy, he's probably dying. Right? Okay. So a glass cannon. Yeah. Right? But I'm in canon. Like, yeah, he rolls two d6 dice. Can roll four d6 attacks, but I can still. I rolled four d6 attacks a day and got like six attacks or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I put that guy down, 
and you put down a crazy good unit that has like 12 wounds combined. They all do like crazy amount of damage. Yeah. That's the game. So it's a very, um, you're not supposed to be competitive when you play it. Yeah, so you're running your, I don't know, like fourth ed rats and I place down a couple of celestial primes, like those giant angelic sigmarites. Yeah, exactly, right? That's just also, legal. Th- yeah, it's completely legal. Oh, so Jesus. you kind of like right off the bat, you can tell what type of person you're going to be playing against. Mm-hmm. Because if you're laying, like, because then there's nothing saying that once I'm done laying down my units, there's nothing saying that you have to stop laying down units. Oh, jeez. So you can just put out, you know, an equi- I can put down, oh, I only have like 750 points worth of stuff, mm-hmm. quote unquote 750 points, mm-hmm. and you can lay down 2,000 points of stuff if you felt like it, just to be a huge dick. So it's like you lay down a scout squadron and I pull out a land. Right exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, talking negatives, I also feel like the game is a little bit pay to win. Whereas, like, <laughs> I feel you, like this hobby is a yes and no, but forty k, yeah, okay, I can spend the hundred and sixty dollars on a storm surge. That storm surge is still three hundred points base. Yeah, true. Right, and you can still only take some tournaments aren't going to let you take it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, there's no real rules on on this, so it's like all the character models, all these like hundred, hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty dollar models have like crazy rules mm. whereas my old skaven don't have crazy rules yeah. right so like i can take a regular unit of gutter runners let's say like a 10-man unit of gutter runners mm-hmm. that they're pretty good in close combat like mm-hmm. you look at those stats they're pretty good yeah yeah the stormcast regular equivalent unit mm. wipes those guys out of the water there's yeah. just no comparison yeah right so i and you can't even say oh well they might get redone no no the chaos book just came out today for... For Skaven is in the Chaos book. Oh. They're not getting... Re- what is out now is what is out for So they Skaven redid the sure. Age of Sigmar rules for Chaos and Skaven. Well, they brought out the War Scrolls in like a... In a compendium? Big, in, yeah. Okay. So I, they, I haven't, I haven't looked through it because like it just came out today. It doesn't look like they changed too much. Now, do you need to buy that compendium to run them or are all the rules still online? Every rule is online. Age of Sigmar is like completely free to get the rules. You mm-hmm. can download the Age of Sigmar app and in that app, it has every single... Wo- now, if you want to buy the... Like, there are books that you can buy that have, like, formations in them and stuff like that. Oh, okay. You can pay to have them in your app. Oh, okay. You still need to buy those books, but there's nothing you can't find online. Yeah. Okay. Right? You can find all... Just, like, with the formations in 40K, you can find all that shit online. You don't have to have the codex to know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But all the war scrolls for all the individual units... Yeah. You don't actually have to buy a codex or anything like that. Yeah. And I haven't. Right? And I yeah. probably won't because it's not a game that I'm going to get, like... Invested in. Invested into it. It's just the game that I have some models so now I can play it whenever I want to, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the campaign we're doing is a lot of fun. It's the first campaign that I've played since I've come back to hobbying. Yeah, like we played one when we were kids, but that was about it. Yeah, we played the the Armageddon worldwide campaign. Oh, no, we did. There was yeah, a small there was a map campaign store, yeah. store. But this one's a lot different in that you can upgrade your warlord or you can upgrade his retribune, like his the squad that he sticks with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is cool, and Zach is the guy that's running it all, and he's, like, awesome GM, I guess you can call him, right? Or, Game master. Yeah. Or, uh, um, because... CEO? Campaign organizer? <laughs> I like that. Because, like, my arm... I've decided, since I'm not going to be super competitive, I want to go really fluffy with my army. Yeah. So, 
I've always had this calling to wanting to have Nurgle stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and Pestilence. Back in the day, I was really into Eshin. I was yeah. like, oh, the Assassin yeah, clan, yeah. that's so cool. So I have a lot of Eshin stuff. Um, I have, I think it's Vermintide or Verminous. It's like generic Skaven. I have a lot of Verminous stuff. So I'm slowly starting to switch over to Pestilence. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, just, I'm not willing to just throw all this money yeah. at getting a whole new army. So I have bought all that... Uh, that Nurgle Demon box set. And I think I'm still going to buy a unit of Plague Monks. And I'm slowly transitioning the models that I have in my army Mm. over to Pestilence. So in the first army that I... The first game that I played, I was just all verminous with a little bit of ragtag here and there and mix up the clans. Mm -hmm. Um, However, there's another Skaven player in the campaign who is Pestilence. And the first game that we played was a three-way game. Yeah. And we decided, well, neither one of us are that good. We don't have that many models. Plus, we're going up against Stormcast. So, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Dan's a great guy. Um, but fuck but his fuck models. Stormcast, <laughs> yeah. So, we teamed up, being but the Skaven that we are. Dark Angels. Because <laughs> <laughs> always coming back to that. Um, so, we teamed up against him. And it was a great storyline. Because you're having... If you're playing Age of Sigmar, right? You're just having laughs. You're having good times. Regardless mm-hmm. of the outcome of the game. Um, half in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we were ended up teaming up and the storyline is progressing that now my warlord has learned the power of pestilence from his warlord, right? Yeah. Hanging out together. So I'm slowly starting to change over my army to pestilence. So my clan rats, which mm-hmm. is the retribute of the warlord, yeah. is then going to turn into plague, plague monks, monks yeah. right? Um, and then one of them, I might knock the unit down one and turn one into a plague priest. Mm. That just like hangs out with the unit as well. Yeah. Um, because I did have a Gracier in the army that I was going to turn over to a Plague Priest. Mm-hmm. But I realized the Plague Priest isn't, I don't think he's a wizard. Oh. Okay. So he can't cast, he has spells, but they're not like magic spells. Okay. They're like praying to Nurgle spells. What? A, uh, yeah. Um, so, whereas a Chaos Wizard, like the Gracier, can summon. Oh, so if I'm okay. bringing in these chaos demons, I want to have a wizard there that can continually yeah. summon more demons. Also, Gracier's are fucking awesome. Not so maybe much anymore. Okay, well, like I mean, <laughs> fluff wise, I think. Oh, fluff wise, so yeah, cool. awesome, yeah. And uh, the Skaven models have this cool rule where, like, you can choose to eat a warp stone nice. before you cast your spells, yeah, yeah. and on a two plus, I think it's it's easy. I think it's you gain an additional dice, mm-hmm. or you get plus one to your casting. It's one of the two. Yeah. But if you roll a one, then you take a mortal wound. So he's just like, ah, he's just addicted to eating these warp yeah, yeah. stones, right? Um, but it's really cool. And so, yeah, I started painting my warlord and neurofying him and nice. everything. Okay, so two questions. Yeah. Uh, one of them I don't remember anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, okay. Are you going to get, like, any big Nurgle Ribleys? Like the Glockin or a Great Unclean one or something. I don't think I'm going to get the Glockin because it is a Sigmar only model, I believe. There's no use for it in 40k. Yeah. Now, I do want to get a Great Unclean one because I am going to use these Nurgle Demons for a Nurgle Demon army in Would 40k. You, what about getting the Glockin? Don't put the guys on top. Run as a Grand as Pappy a, Nurgle. Yeah. Could do that. I do really like the Great Unclean One model model itself. Fair enough. So I think I might go with that. Now, we were talking the other day about this because I 
now that I'm getting into, I've always liked Nurgle, but I never did a lot of research on it mm-hmm. and like reading into the backstory and everything. Right, right, right. So the other day I was in class and being the <laughs> that I am, I just <laughs> went on my phone. Do you and, know how many lists I've made in class <laughs> on that? I was surprised, like all of them. Um, and I just like went on Wikipedia and I started like reading up all this Nurgle stuff. So Nurgle, if I was to ask you, what is he the god of? Rot, decay, death. Rot and decay, right? It's he's also the god of like life. Yeah. And birth and regrowth because through death and decay gives new life, new parasites, new bacteria. The nurglings eat on the, the flesh of the decaying and yeah. stuff like that. And when you become a follower of Nurgle, that's what you like that's what you love, that's what you understand is the fact that all yeah. these boils and all this decay in your body is actually giving life. And you want the overall rotting and decay of the universe so that new life can come through it. Yeah. Right? So I'm kind of tossing around the idea of when I do a great unclean one, having like all these, like having a nice big round base with all, it's going to be a lot of kit bashing, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm into, obviously. Yeah. Um, What's well, a part of the quality? Yeah. A big round base, right? Mm-hmm. Like a great unclean one would have. Yeah. With like all these dead bodies kind of like stacked up, rotting. And then out of the dead bodies being this like very... Because very, like, clean-looking, brand-new, angelic-almost type figure coming oh. out of it. Like, he's completely reborn. Like the great unclean one? Yeah. Is. Oh. And then he will decay again. Yeah. Because he's a follower of Nurgle, and he's, like, the biggest follower of Nurgle. So he's going to decay even faster than anyone else. But through that decay, he's born. Kind of like I've seen the Bloodthirster, the new Bloodthirster, how he's, like coming up on fire yeah I've seen someone make his base a big pool of blood so he's like coming out of this big pool yeah. of blood I don't know how you would do this but you found like a different model instead of the great unclean it, well, exactly. I know you just said how much you like it but like a fresh looking like a you know brand new just was born giant demon yeah and maybe even like at the top, he's already starting to decay or something. But like it's already body, happening. Yeah. yeah, but he's like still like fresh coming out. And that would him. be like it would look so weird, and like most of the people wouldn't get it. But like then you explain it. Yeah, like, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking about doing that. All right. So second question: yeah. Have you looked at the? I think it's the Vermin Lord. I have. Yeah. I. What do you think? A great model. Beautiful model. Yeah, I would like. It's what, it's like yeah. what we're talking about is those new. Um, yeah, there was the end times. Yeah. Right? Um, beautiful models. I just don't. It doesn't fit in my army. Fair enough. The right? Rules are they good? Uh, I remember looking at the rules and being like, "Nah, they're all right." Not. I just the thing that bothers me about the game is like, I look at those rules and I'm like, "Okay, that's pretty good." And then I look at rules of like Stormcast guys and stuff like, like that. A Celestial Prime. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, I have to spend a hundred dollars <laughs> on this model and these rules, and then someone spends a hundred dollars on that model. And this fucking blows my model out of the yeah. water. Like, I spent, what was it, with tax came like, 90 bucks for the hell pit. Mm-hmm. First time I put him on the table, the guy's like, okay, I'm going to take a shot at him. Because he's a monster, my guy gets D6 plus 6 uh, wounds. wounds, rolls a 6, one shot kills my hell pit. Like, what the fuck? Look at how small that guy is. How much did that model cost? Yeah. Right? Um, the game is really based off heroes, and I think that's how you limit the game, is you say you're only allowed to take two heroes on the table. Yeah. Right? And then, because the heroes are so overpowered that that evens it out. But some people will take, like, I take two units and six heroes. Mm. They're like, well, what the fuck, man? So, okay, so there's... You, you've said that all the fan-made uh, 
uh, point systems are just like you play this many wounds. A lot of people play with the wound system. Now the thing is, is, it, is there a better one then? No, that is the one to go with, more or less, from what I understand. But it doesn't limit. Like, it still heroes. doesn't even itself out. Some people yeah. are just like, okay, so uh, let's say a unit. Uh, I've seen a unit of twenty plague monks. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say they've taken three wounds. Let's say okay, so there's seventeen plague monks. I've seen a hero character yeah. who has let's say <laughs> six to eight wounds come in and clean that whole unit out in one turn of combat. Yeah. 17 models it cleaned out. Yeah. So the wound system still doesn't even itself out. It's like you have to go wound system mixed with the maximum hero system. That would be a good idea. Right? Yeah. Uh, but at that point, you're breaking what Age of Sigmar is. And Age of Sigmar is supposed to be a very fluffy, having fun is the number one. Well, like you said earlier, just if someone comes up with six heroes on the table, just take your models out. I've, I've had a game where... I started putting models down on the table, and then I saw what my opponent was putting down on the table, and I instantly knew, well, there's no, like, yeah. I just didn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I just let them, I was talking to somebody else, I was like, okay, roll what you want, because clearly, you yeah. have an idea of how you want this game to go, yeah. you don't want to just have fun, so yeah. let's just play and roll dice, okay, yeah, okay, you good, you won, you won, let's do this. Yeah. I want to get out of here. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, like, we played a four-player game today. Mm-hmm. And also it was me and my Skaven ally mm-hmm. <laughs> against each other, but with each other. Yeah. Um, against Wood Elves and Stormcast. Mm. And he didn't have that. I had more models than he did, but like he laid down the units that he had. Mm-hmm. The Stormcast guy was like, okay, I understand. Like, that's good. We'll stop there. I just want to use this one model because I really like it. Mm-hmm. So he had that model in reserve. The Wood Elf guy was like, all right, well, I'm going to be summoning a lot of guys. I'm going to be summoning a lot of wolves. Mm-hmm. So or dogs, or whatever the fuck they were. And he summoned, like, 30 of them throughout the game. <laughs> but uh, he's like, okay, that's good, then I'm going to stop too. And then me being Skaven as well, I kind of needed more models on the Just table. put down 100. <laughs> <laughs> so I put down another unit, and then finished off those uh, rattling guns I was talking about, and I had an assassin hidden. And everyone was like, this is very even, this is good. Mm-hmm. And we ended up having, like, a really good narrative battle. Yeah. With guys, like, running off the table and stuff like that. Yeah, very yeah. Skaven-esque, very like, well, I'm going to lose this battle, so I'm running away with the treasure and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It's interesting, because, like, I don't know if anyone, oh, I highly doubt that anyone wants to see 40k get the Age of Sigmar treatment, mm-hmm. but, like, that attitude, I feel like, needs to be in 40k more. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, well, we'll just, yeah. So, I don't know. It's definitely interesting. So. Like, the... The rules in Age of Sigmar are so um, loose because, like we said, there's only four pages of rules. Yeah, right? and I was asking earlier before we started recording, like, how often do rules problems come up and like discrepancies or ambiguities and, and conflict? They do come up a lot, and mm-hmm. it's kind of okay though because if you're playing with with good people, you kind of sit there and talk about it. Maybe yeah. it's not it's not like flipping through the big rule book where it's like, okay, it has to be in here somewhere, right? It's like. Yeah. You know, you flip through it real fast, it's not mentioned in here, so you kind of talk about it. How do you think that should be played? This seems mm-hmm. fair, that seems fair. And if you can't come up with an answer, a lot of times you just like, okay, well, let's roll a die. One, yeah. two, three, no. Four, five, six, yes. Right? Yeah. Um, any question that we've had like that, it always ends up being perfectly fine. It, it hasn't isn't. been game-breaking. No, and even if it does end up being game-breaking, man, like, it's dude, if you're game. going into Age of Sigmarks, like, wanting to win, mm-hmm. go play 40k, man. Go play War Machine. Yeah. Right? Go play with the smelly War Machine players. (laughs) 
But yeah, man. Yeah. That's been cool. good. All right. Uh, we'll be right back with uh, the closing out of the show. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. If you haven't already, please follow us on Facebook and iTunes, and feel free to drop us a line on Soldiers or at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. Uh, also, uh, we might be doing this uh, State of the Game segment. is a fairly regular segment, maybe every few weeks. So tell us what you think. Uh, let us know on Facebook or on Soldiers. Uh, be sure to support your local retailers. If you're local to Windsor, check out Brimstone Games and CG Realms. Uh, Jay's Home Store is the games workshop at Young and Lawrence, but uh, Meeple Mart, Dueling Grounds, and X-Planet are also great stores in the Toronto area. We hope you've enjoyed listening, and we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom. <laughs>